Welcome to the Taz Show Podcast. And we have a very special guest joining us this morning. Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer, the most decorated figure skaters in Olympic history. They have won the hearts and minds of people across Canada and around the world with their athleticism, artistry, and chemistry on the ice. And they want to say thank you. They got something really cool planned for the town of Elderton. Scott Moyer is on the phone. Good morning, Scott. Good morning. How's it going? Are you live from Elderton this morning? From Elderton, center of the universe. <laughs> so when you're when you're home, when you're not touring, and I know you're you're busy. You got another tour coming up. Do you uh, like stay at your parents' house? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. My house is under renovation, so. Yeah, I'm at my parents' house. I'm the cool 30-year-old that still lives with his parents. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> Scott Moyer's a loser. <laughs> uh, you, so you sleep in your old bedroom? Is everything still the same in there, or have they changed it around since you moved out? Uh, yeah, it's kind of like going back in time. Uh, we haven't changed it around very much, because I'm not really ever, ever here. So, yeah, it's a little odd, but uh, yeah, I still feel like I'm in high school. What kind of decorations do you have in your old oh. high school bedroom? You got the old Brett Hall GT poster still up on the back of that door? Oh, I got rid of that. I got <laughs> rid of that. But I do still have, like, a really awful Toronto Maple Leafs, like, bedspread thing going on. <laughs> I love it. Just like John Tavares. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I, I don't know why I'm still single. I can't figure it out. <laughs> That's great. Um, well, last time we had you and Tessa in, you were just getting ready to go off to Japan. How was that trip? It was great. Uh, we had a pretty amazing spring. It was uh, a lot of figure skating, a lot of uh, travel, and it's pretty great to be home now, to be honest. Uh, we were very excited about our Olympics. We wanted to kind of share our skating and that program with as many people who'd watch us, and I think we I think we did that. We got home about two weeks ago. Um Took in a lot of culture, but uh, it feels good to be home finally. What, what were some area. of the things you saw in Japan that you just weren't prepared for? Because I hear it's like a different world over there. Yeah, it's, uh, oh man, Japanese baseball blew my mind. I got to be honest. Like, it was it was so cool to see them chanting, but so respectful of, of the other team. It was pretty fun. And the fans, are there a lot of diehard Virtue and Moyer fans in Japan? <laughs> There's a lot of skating fans. Um, and, yeah, they don't have as many ice dance scenes over there. So, yeah, there are some pretty good fans, very, very loyal fans. We'll do four shows in a weekend, and it seems like it's the same crowd. We get people to come to three out of the four. I picture you guys landing, getting off the plane, kind of like the Beatles, and everyone's at the airport with the signs. Is that <laughs> what it was like? Uh, not quite. No, it depends. Like, who like that for Tessa? I, I think I can walk. Into the <laughs> you're such a humble guy. Uh, so you're coming home. Uh, you're you're doing this thing in Elderton. Tell us about the thank you Elderton celebration. What you guys know so far? Well, it's it's just going to be a fam like family fun day. Uh, we wanted to kind of give back. Every time we come home from Olympics, we've gotten so much support and. With this likely being the end of our Olympic career, um, you know, we, I wanted to do something different. We wanted to do a little party for the community instead of, you know, them put on a parade and stuff for us. So we kind of, I went to the municipality and asked if they'd help us out and give us the grounds for the day, and they have. And uh, we'll bring on some bands and 
be a lot of fun for the kids early, and then it'll be a lot of fun for the adults at night. You say bands, speculation, because you said there's going to be food trucks, a kid zone, the parade, and you've also mentioned surprise guests. So we've been getting calls from people who say they know you, they went to school (laughs) with uh, your cousin or something, oh yeah, I know who the bands are. Like, is there any indication, how high should we get our hopes when it comes to the bands that may be performing at this? Well, we're pretty, we're very excited about the people that we have uh, coming here, but a lot of our stuff is local talent and we're so proud to showcase that and you know it's it's kind of cool to turn around and, and kind of shed some light on people from our area it, it's not going to be anything crazy i mean i don't know if some of the radio stations are saying we got drake coming out but i never really lived like <laughs> i love acdc <laughs> proud, of, proud of drake good for him but I, you know that's not really Ellerton style so well, be. one of the rumors and you if you can't confirm it you don't have to one of the rumors <laughs> i've heard there's an fm 96 band that you guys were very connected with at the winter games this past year oh yeah uh, I, I wish those boys are out PEI. I think that weekend are they? Uh, I yeah. don't know. I think they're they in might the, be in the Sardinia. Sardinia. Well, that's oh, this weekend, I think. Yeah. Oh darn it! No, I wish, fellas. I wish. Okay. But. but it's going to be a great time, and you know, it's it's just a great uh, way to spend the day coming out. And you guys are so accessible. A lot of people say, "Oh, I want to thank the fans. I want to say thank you to my hometown," and then they never back it up. You're backing it up at Eldridge <laughs> Arena. So good for you, Scott Moyer is on the phone. Thank you. Ilderton is coming up uh, next Saturday, August 4th. And you guys, you just found out you're going to be receiving another huge honor here in Canada. This is huge. You've been nominated. You're going to be on Canada's Walk of Fame. You and Tessa are going to have your name on a star on a sidewalk. You must be pretty excited about that honor. It's uh, it's pretty unbelievable. Uh, I don't even know. I think it's, it's similar to how I felt about carrying the flag for Canada to be just a part of that team and, and to look back and see the support, like the the class of inductees that are going in. Uh, it's it's pretty unbelievable. I'm, I'm kind of floored by every single one of them. So it's neat to be to be among such great company and then what an honor for Tessa and I. You're going to be uh, up on on the sidewalk next to Andrea Martin from SCTV. She's getting in this year. Yeah. Uh, Colonel Chris Hadfield, the astronaut, and just a great guy. If you've ever heard him do his uh, like a lecture or a seminar about his experiences, he's a true inspiration as well. Leonard Cohen wow. is yeah. getting on there. Huge. Andy Kim, who I didn't realize was Canadian until I saw this list. <laughs> Rock me gently. Oh, oh Rock my me slowly. Man. <laughs> That's My mom was pumped about that one. Yeah. <laughs> and Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, the guys behind uh, Super Bad and Sausage Party, are going to be inducted as well. Have you met Seth Rogen before? No, never. No. Well, that's going to be cool. That are very excited about that. <laughs> that's going to be cool to be around Seth Rogen. But I, I would warn you that if you are going to be competing uh, soon after, that uh, you hold your breath around Seth Rogen because <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't been told, yeah. we wouldn't want you to test positive for anything, <laughs> Scott. By <laughs> accident, the Tash Show podcast Friday. A lot yep. of people, I'm sure, thinking about having a, a cold one after work today. And come October 17th, your options. When it comes to cold ones, going to broaden quite a bit. They're saying that marijuana 
beverages are going to be where it's at once uh, October 17th rolls around and it's legal here in Canada. We've got Duma Winshew on the phone. He's with Province Brands and they're doing some experimentation with marijuana beer. Good morning, Duma. Morning. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's, it's really an honor. Well, I saw this article and I thought it was very interesting because everything I have heard up to this point is people adding THC, adding CBDs to beer. So they, they brew the beer the old-fashioned way and then they add uh, the marijuana to the beer. But you guys are trying to actually brew beer using the marijuana plant. That is correct. Uh, we are actually starting with uh, cannabis. Uh, we are mashing it in, in the way that they might mash barley and the first step of brewing and then fermenting it to make a delicious beer. And then before it goes to market, the alcohol is removed uh, if it is made from marijuana so that we would never make a product that combines both alcohol and cannabis. Mm. Well, what's it taste like? Who, who's testing this, by the way? Because <laughs> I volunteer as tribute! <laughs> well, the, uh, the testing is challenging because here in Canada, as you know, uh, marijuana beverages are not legal. And uh, I think I heard you say that that uh, people might be able to try this on October 17th. That's that's also not correct. Uh, marijuana beverages will not be legal in Canada until likely about a year after October 17th. Okay, and why is that? Uh, it, that is, I, you beats me. You should ask Health Canada because I, I really don't see there being a substantial sort of safety issue with these beverages. But I think they just want to make sure they have all the rules uh, in place and sort of all the food safety rules. You know, you don't want an E. coli outbreak or something like this. I mean, you know, when you're smoking marijuana, you're you're incinerating it, so you don't have to worry about the bacteria and the mold and a lot of the same issues uh, you might have to worry about with the food product. So I think they want to make sure that they're having uh, good rules and regulations for good manufacturing practice, things like this. Uh, but at any rate, to answer your question of who is tasting our beverages, uh, we have had to jump through a lot of hoops to do trials of the beverages. Uh, we've had to do them in other countries or, or in states uh, in the United States where, uh, it, you know, working with marijuana and drinking it is actually legal. So we, we have not been able to, uh, to to hold legal samplings of our beverage here in Canada, unfortunately. But we have made versions of the beverage from hemp. You know, it doesn't get you high, but it, it has a very similar, it has almost identical flavor, uh, and we have given that out here in Canada. You've taken a sip of this uh, marijuana beer, I'm assuming, Duma. Uh, I am probably the largest consumer in the world of this beer, actually. <laughs> what, what is the taste? Describe the taste to us. It's uh, it's savory. It's it's dry. If you could think of a white wine, which has you know maybe a sweet variant, uh, like a Riesling or, or and a dry variant, this is a dry beer. It it has a lot less sugar uh, than a traditional beer. It, it, the barley is is not there, so it doesn't have the gluten. If you're gluten intolerant, uh, but from a flavor perspective, it's it's uh, a pilsner and it has a a very unique sort of uh, nutty cannabis flavor that that you don't find in a standard pilsner, and it tastes just delicious. So. We, we were uh, reading this article uh, about the product. Uh, you're quoted as saying it hits you very quickly. Oh, so yeah. The effects <laughs> of the THC are very evident in your product. Uh, well, they are very evident, but it is a beer. It's not uh, designed to be like a whiskey or something, right? The idea is, you know, you might drink 
three, four beers watching the sports game, you know, one beer is not going to get you rocked. Uh, I mean, you'll feel it uh, in the same way that you probably would feel something if you drank one alcohol beer. But this is designed to be a sessionable product so that, you know, you do drink the entire six-pack over a period of time. And that's why it's really important that we designed it in such a way that it would hit you quickly. And more importantly than that, even that it would leave your system quickly because a standard marijuana beverage, uh, you know, that, that, that doesn't go through a process like the one we're using, it, it could keep you intoxicated for six hours or more, and, and you would really just gotta have one probably in an evening, and, and you might be stuck wherever you are, you won't be able to drive home for six hours, which would be a disaster. So, so, so we've, we've gone to great lengths to give this a dose response curve similar to alcohol. What is the buzz like? Is it similar to being drunk, or is it more similar to smoking a joint? Yeah, it's funny you ask that way because it's much more similar to smoking a joint. And uh, if you've ever had a marijuana edible, the edibles and beverages have a, typically a very different buzz from smoking a joint. But because of the, the way we treat it when we make our product, we actually create something that feels more like smoking a joint than eating an edible or drinking a beverage. You also were quoted, Duma, as saying that marijuana is not good for you and our beers are not good for you. You should not drink them five times a day. You should not drink them first thing when you wake up in the morning. We're not saying that. Uh, you, do you want to clarify that statement? I, I agree with that statement. I mean, this is about harm reduction. We, I know, uh, you know, probably a lot of people who listen to your show are, are big wine drinkers, big alcohol drinkers. Uh, alcohol is not good for you, uh, and and marijuana is not really good for you either, unless maybe you have a certain condition that it can treat. Which, of course, then it may be treating your condition. But for an average person, uh, you know, cannabis is 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 a healthier alternative to alcohol. But in and of itself, it's not something that you should be doing on a regular basis. We're about creating a healthier safer alternative to alcohol so that people can live longer lives, they can enjoy those special moments with their friends, they can still use psychoactives in the way we all use alcohol today, but lowering their risk for cancer, not consuming a toxic substance, right? Alcohol is toxic and carcinogenic, cannabis is not. Uh, not contributing to their risk for dementia or, or, uh, or obesity or any of the ma many, many uh, health harms that alcohol causes. Do you have a name for your product yet? It's too bad Bud is already taken from here, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> We like to think of ourselves as the uh, Budweiser of Bud. I mean, that's that's kind of a joke because we're actually a much higher end uh, premium product than Budweiser. But oh snap! Uh, yeah, the uh, the, the, the the names will be announced uh, shortly, uh, and uh, the, the, the there will be no mistaking our product for anyone else's because it will be the only product on the market uh, that is actually brewed from the cannabis plant as opposed to brewed from barley and infused with cannabis. Duma Winshew is with Province Brands. They are making marijuana beer and jim kelly uh would love if you uh you get this stuff canned if you wanted to send some samples he'll try it on the air no problem <laughs> we will invite you guys to our first legal tasting in canada whatever that is right on I'm in. Go, jim happy birthday buddy <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday canada <laughs> october 17th it becomes legal sometime after that we should see these uh these marijuana beers hitting the market duma thanks for your time this morning man you got it. Thanks so much. It was an honor. The Tash Show Podcast. Hey, bud, you know, interesting stuff happens in the country, too, Some sometimes. So I guess it's time for the Rural Report. The Rural? Rural Report. Rural Report. There we go, bud. Yeah, here on the Taz Show, we like to share small town news with you. And who better to bring it to us than... Well, the best kind of bumpkin. <laughs> Our very own country bumpkin. You know, seriously, I, I've never met a bumpkin that I like more than a country bumpkin. Yeah. 
City bumpkins aren't the same. Jim Kelly, the pride of Mitchell, Ontario. What is going on and where are we going this morning? Oh, Taz, it tears my soul apart a little bit here that we have to head to Mitchell for a rural report. But I believe there may be a silver lining at the end of this story. So this is a hometown Mitchell, Ontario rural report. Yeah. Thank you to Derek who uh, clued me in on this one because it's a heck of a tale. This mother, her name's Nicole. Her and her three young lads are walking back from a, from a park near a school, kicking around a soccer ball down the down the side street as they're walking back to their home. The kids uh, accidentally hit a cyclist who's biking by. The, the ball gently hits his tire, and the cyclist stops his bike. So they, they don't hit him with so much force that he falls off the bike or injures himself. No, the, these kids, they're all under the age of like eight, it looks like, and uh, they just hit his tire. So he stops. He says, he's got this beard on. He's like, hey, boys, can I see that soccer ball for a second? And the boys go, uh, I don't know. And he's like, no, no, just let me see it for a second. And so they're like, okay, sir. And they give him the ball. He proceeds to boot it into a bean field, like as hard as he can, (laughs) in the middle of nowhere, and then bikes off into the sunset. So the boys head into the field along with the mom. They try to find this soccer ball in the bean field, but you know what it's like, Taz. You fire a tennis ball in there, a soccer ball, you ain't getting that back. No, it's tough. It's like the old saying. Oh, I can't. That's impossible. It's like finding a soccer ball in a bean field. Exactly. Exactly. It's like uh, it's like the tent, or no? It's like the it's like the tree on Charlie Brown that sucks up kites. You know, once it's in there, she gone. I'm gonna read just the the brief description the mother put on uh, Facebook here. The cyclist stopped, asked my kid for a ball. Once my son gave it to him, he hoofed it into the bean field. <laughs> All four of us stood there in awe as he pedaled away. I'm a single mother and I do not have money to go buy soccer balls, etc. So I'm my not s- made of soccer balls. <laughs> he got, my son looked in the uh, for the ball in the bean field. He got soaked and did not find the ball. This man was probably in his 30s. And was wearing a ball cap with a thick beard. My kids have never been more disappointed in society. For the most part, we enjoy Mitchell. And I've called this place home for the last two years. I just can't believe somebody would do something this mean to a bunch of kids just trying to have fun. Now, it sounds bad and kind of paints Mitchell in a bad light. But somebody saw that Facebook post, Taz. A man by the name of Curtis and said, Hey there, I'd love to arrange a pickup or a drop-off a brand new soccer ball. Aaron Parsons, can you set me one aside at Dunny's for me? What my wife Nicole will be by soon and pick one up. Curtis paid for the soccer ball, dropped it off at the family's house. Pictures posted with the lads with the new soccer ball. Hey. All is good in the world, except this bearded guy who's traveling around Mitchell, ruined Children's Day. I don't know who you are. Hoofing soccer balls into bean fields. <laughs> I don't know who you are or who you think you are, but I'll see you at Corn Fest, you son of a bitch. I think you should hoof him into a bean field, Jim. <laughs> Leave him there. The Taz Show Podcast. We just had a rural report. Jim was telling us about uh, Mitchell, Ontario, an incident that recently took place. A woman walking down the street with her sons. Nice summer night. Her, her boys were kicking a soccer ball. Guy was riding by on a bike. They accidentally kicked the soccer ball it bounced off the bike. The guy didn't fall off the bike or anything like that. His bike got hit with the soccer ball. He got angry, said, hey, boys, well, let me see your ball for a second. 
And then he hoofed the ball into the middle of a bean field. <laughs> and the, the kids were looking for a dev. They couldn't find it. They got the bikes ball. away. Now imagine that. Arrogant cyclist. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> the, the ball has not been seen since. Now, I know we're all sick of the World Cup, but this is a bit much. Wouldn't it be great if harvest time rolled around? And that field was suddenly full of soccer balls. <laughs> <laughs> soccer ball plants. What? <laughs> um, well, there's a follow-up to the story here. Uh, Jim has been scrolling through this Facebook post, this story, and it looks like the cyclist actually responded to the woman who was complaining about him hoofing the ball into the bean field. Yeah, I think he sent uh, the mother a private message because his name isn't attached to it, and then the mother said, so this is the apology that she got. And this is this is the apology. I realize that I'm a father. So this guy's a father too. So I realize that I'm a father, and if someone did that to my kids, I would be pissed. But my kids are also going to be taught that they don't kick balls around the road, and if they uh, do and don't do as they're told, they will lose their things. If my kids kicked a ball and hit someone as they were walking, biking, or driving by, they wouldn't have that ball anymore. I understand it was wrong, and I shouldn't have done it, but at the same time, your kids should not have been kicking the ball up and down the street. Last night was the rare time I didn't have my kids with me on the bike, and if my kids had been there with me, it would have pissed me off even more. Like I said, I realized I shouldn't have done it, and I didn't do it to be a bully. It was more out of spite for the fact that the kids were playing soccer in the middle of the road and the fact that he kicked the ball straight towards me. How big of a douchebag is this guy? You know what? I kind of like him. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, old curmudgeon. You, you can't go around uh, teaching other people's kids lessons unsolicited. <laughs> and that's why you always leave a note. <laughs> My kids... My kids, they, they know if you hit someone with a soccer ball, they're hoofing that soccer <laughs> ball into a bean field, like it or not. <laughs> like, that is, that is a total Kathleen Wynn apology. <laughs> sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry I kicked the ball into the field, but your kids deserved it. They're losers. Yeah, that's like a sorry, you're welcome, because it's like I, I'm teaching your kids how to behave. Right. If you don't know how to be a parent, then I'm going to have to do it for you. The Tash Show Podcast.